Welcome back to Who the Hell is This For? Today we are talking about 28 Days Later from Danny Boyle. Uh, and our thoughts may surprise you. May surprise How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing well. I am also doing well. Riley, how you living? (laughs) (laughs) We say we're doing well, but peek behind the kimono, it has just been a nightmare to make this recording happen today. (laughs) Yeah, per usual, the hardest thing about doing the podcast is making the podcast for some reason. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. If it were easy, everyone else would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Are we heroes? Who's to say? (laughs) Only the most skilled. (laughs) We're probably the bravest people I know. (laughs) We are. (laughs) All right, so before we get into 28 Days Later, what have you guys been watching lately? I have a, a pick that I th- we've talked a little bit on the group text, but I saw the original Candyman for the first time yes. this week, and that movie fucking slaps. It is great. Um, Incredible movie. Um, and I, I'm usually, usually when, when Tyler's high on a movie, if Tyler's at a 10, I'm usually at like a 7 or 8, depending on, <laughs> on what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is fair. This is fair. So I usually take a... a a recommendation with a little bit of grain of salt just in case i think i might actually like this movie more than tyler does um i it's way up there for me but i still think you might top me um right now on letterboxd i have it at a four and a half yeah i'm thinking about moving to a four but it's it's right it's right in there i mean it is great and it's was, so good we we're talking while you were off mic um about the tweet you had retweeted around people were worried that the new one is going to be too infused with politics because jordan peele's directing it and, it, yeah. and how they must not assume. Well, no, he's not. Hold on. I do want to correct that. Ex- Only writing and producing. Nia DaCosta is directing. Oh, uh, okay. Which I think is super important to point out because so many people are kind of erasing her from the production just because Peel's attached to it yeah. in any way, shape, or form. That's fair. Yeah. But e- even the idea of getting mad that it was going to be too political and the, the tweet was basically like, those people have definitely not seen the original because um, the original is, it's not really subtle at all like it's it's one of the most political horror movies i think we have it's very yeah but that movie is um even even like the character of the killer aside the descent into madness of the main character might be one of the best descent into madnesses i think i've ever seen um obviously it's a little bit unfair to do like movies that have just come out but like that in midsommar and then are you know what i mean are in like my top five of normal people it's fine to do movies that have just come out normal people going crazy just really going for it just awesome spots so yeah i would definitely recommend everybody see that i think that's on netflix yeah netflix yeah Yeah. see it before the new one comes out for sure yes what are you guys watching um so let's see not a ton thursday we watched frozen 2 Uh, how is it the revenge of frozen uh i liked it it was good too fast Uh, oh elsa i like personally i liked it more than the first one Oh, um, I don't. Hot know. Take. I, I have no idea if that's a hot take or not. <laughs> I guess frozen I think it Twitter is. might attack me. Um, you you might get canceled. Oh darn! Well, if that's the <laughs> thing that gets me canceled on that podcast, then it's been a hell of a run. Um, this is fair. <laughs> what a way to go! Yeah. Let's see. Other than that, let's see some Sailor Moon. Oh hell yeah! Um, some New Girl. We're on to Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. About halfway through that. Nice. And other than that, just playing Call of Duty and uh, Dragon Ball Fighters because season three just came out on that, and Kefla fucking wrecks shop in th- oh I this bet. game. Oh, for sure. For my mental health, I've put off picking up season three stuff for Fighters. It's awesome. 
Ty, how about you? What have you guys been watching? Uh, so I recently watched, what is it, Digging Up the Marrow from Adam Green uh, on recommendation from our friends at Nightmare Junkhead. That movie rules. It is really, really cool. I had put it off for a while because I mostly I assumed you hear mockumentary from Adam Green, you kind of expect it's going to be more humor and be more of a horror comedy. It's a, it's a straight-up horror movie. Um, and Ray Wise gives an insane performance, which is when he's at his best. Uh, Ray Wise, if you're not familiar, is a Leland Palmer from Twin Peaks. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. So his absolute just peak, pardon the expression there. Um, but he rules in that movie. The creature design is fantastic because uh, Alex Pardee, who is one of my favorite all-time artists, he did the creature design for it, and a lot of his art shows up in the movie too. It Overall, it hit me in the exact perfect way and like it was totally set up for my interests nice let's check it out where can you where can people watch that uh that one is on both shutter and amazon prime uh love love shutter but i would probably recommend watching it on prime because recently shutters had a bunch of technical issues mm-hmm. um so if you have prime and not shutter you're in luck but if you only have shutter you can probably make it work too gotcha okay well oh we oh in? and Sorry, Catherine and I have been watching one of the worst shows I've ever seen. She's gotten into it, but this uh, this Love Is Blind bullshit. Oh man, it's you, bad. Okay, so I've heard it's, it's really bad. Can you give me like a like a rundown of what it is? So it is, it's broken down into like phases, and the like first phase is them falling in love and proposing to somebody that they talk to through a screen basically so they never see them and never meet in person until after they propose they're like in rooms next to each other that you can like hear each other yeah oh and then like so the first episode is all of them just talking and it's so boring and just painful to get through then proposals start happening and one guy is like the dumbest guy on the face of the earth because he Wait, attempts which one? barnett <sighs> yeah who attempts to like he tells multiple girls that he is going to propose to them and they're all living in the same space. <laughs> oh yeah. And he just, oh, he's so dumb. So the girl's are like, yeah, Barnett's going to propose to me. And the other one's like, bitch, what? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, Oh, yeah, I get the it. one's like, Oh, maybe you misinterpreted what he said. It's like, no, how do you misinterpret <laughs> that? But anyway, yeah, that's, that's it on that. Because I do well, not want to watch any more of it. No, I'm gonna oh, tell you I all guess the rest I didn't of it. Do the rest of the synopsis. So, yeah. so they do the the first part. So I've I've seen like half of it in bits and pieces, which is normally mm-hmm. how I watch most reality TV with Sarah. Is like I'll be coming in and out and doing different things, and I'll watch like part of it with her. So the first part is they they propose without ever meeting each other, and then they have like a reveal where they like get to meet each other after they propose, and then they all go to like a uh, basically like a beach resort where they all get to meet each other. So all the people who are getting to know each other, like Barnett gets to meet the other two girls that he didn't propose to type of thing. (laughs) Um, And uh, then they like meet each other's family. And like from the very first time they meet to like when the wedding is, is only 40 days. So then like after they meet each other's family, they're basically like preparing for the wedding. And then like they go and they get married basically. And I won't tell you, I won't tell you who, but it must stipulate in their contract that they have to get all the way up to the altar before they're allowed to like say no thank you because <laughs> <laughs> that happens not once but but multiple times where people oh get up God. to the altar and they're like 
do you? And then they say, no, I don't. Instead of I do. And then they like leave and you're like, oh my fucking God. Like, uh, it's just, it's just the worst. Yeah. So I don't know. It, I don't, should you watch it? Hard to say. Is part of it is part of entertaining? Yes. Is it terrible for the world? Yeah, probably also yes. See, for me, it's just it's not even that entertaining. Like, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, for all their flaws, really nail this genre, and it's hard to do it better than they do it on that show. Oh, I, I'm a hard disagree. I think Love Island does it Love the best. Island for sure. Oh, uh, okay. I have not watched Love Island. And Love I Island do UK. That. Don't. Don't right. bother with the U.S. Maybe you could dabble in Australia, but I haven't I liked that the one out. I liked the Australia one. There's some good drama in the Australia one. All right. Well, should we go ahead and get into 28 Days Later, boys, instead of <laughs> yeah. uh, romance TV talk? Yeah, we're really we're really stretching thin the Venn diagram of fans of both for <laughs> sure. Well, so as we get into uh, as we get into 28 Days Later, I did want to just. Make sure I was well prepared with a nice, refreshing beverage. <laughs> a good Tyler's old Pepsi. Tyler is drinking a Pepsi on brand with this movie. How much do you think they paid to be the drink of choice for the apocalypse? I think Pepsi directly financed the ability for them to shut down areas in London. That is the only way they do that. <laughs> yeah, for, for... Oh, I have so many thoughts on that. We'll, I'll wait till we get into the different pieces. But yeah, yes. yeah we'll, we'll definitely break that down. But yes, I wanted to make sure that I had... A crisp Pepsi with uh, all uh, label visible at all times. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and give a quick synopsis of the plot, if we want to. Yeah, go um, ahead. Do it. So um, I'm pulling some of this from Wikipedia, but a highly contagious rage-inducing virus is unleashed in Great Britain after a group of animal liberation activists attempt to free chimpanzees infected with the virus, which spreads quickly among the populace and resulting in societal collapse. So basically the monkeys get infected with a rage virus um, and then they bite people. And then you basically start the film after that happens 28 days after the initial outbreak um, with, uh, we all, and I'm going to mess it up. Killian Murphy. You pronounce yeah, it. It is right. Killian, right? Murphy. Not Cillian, even though it's a C. Yeah. So Killian Murphy's character, Jim wakes up in a hospital is wandering around London with nobody in it. And then eventually finds <clears throat> both zombies and regular people. So the rest of the film is about them trying to survive. Um, it does drastically turn into a very different movie in the last half, last third, third. final um, third. It, yeah. It's three distinct acts. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, first two, I really like. Third act, not for me. But we'll we'll talk about that when we get into it a little bit. What do we think? Uh, oh, let's sorry. Let's do some uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Ooh, things yeah. like that. So this film, um, it is relatively popular. Uh, popular it's got an 86 percent on the tomato meter and an 85 percent audience score a rare almost match um between critics and audience um 482 people have rated this movie on rotten tomatoes which is wild that is so, so it's overrated ah, it is. <laughs> we may get into that yeah this movie was directed by danny boyle uh danny boyle oh man did sunshine stuff Sunshine is one. 127 Hours, Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, he um, did Yesterday, right? He did do Yesterday. Oh, he did The Beach. The You guys ever seen The Beach? Oh, the DiCaprio? Yeah. Really weird one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he also did Train Spotting. I think that's probably what... We kind of buried the lead. Train Spotting. Would you say right. that's his most well-known work? 
Mm, hard to say. Is is it the most Danny Boyle for sure? But would you wouldn't you say Slumdog Millionaire is more popular? Like more people have seen Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. or more people might have, might have actually most people have probably seen this. Yeah, I think this is his most seen movie. I think Slumdog is the most uh, acclaimed movie, and I think Train Spotting is probably his like peak artistic like style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And then yesterday is yesterday. <laughs> I never saw it. I heard it was. Uh, I actually didn't did either. Land. I went for the low hanging fruit there. <laughs> Got it. Um, yeah. So it's it's a pretty popular movie. I think we uh, may not exactly have the same opinion of this movie that other people do. But let's go ahead and get into it. What did we actually like about this movie? product placement yeah this section <laughs> this section of the podcast is brought to you by pepsi you can't see but i'm just holding it directly up to my webcam but that does not go in this section of the podcast uh i think what this movie does do really well is the sheer scale of what they're able to pull off as we kind of hinted at earlier if you're not familiar i think everybody is because it's become a pretty iconic scene and set piece in horror that they were able to shut down parts of London to pull off making it look entirely empty. And that's unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable that they were able to pull it off. And it does, like, it feels, it gives it, like, an agoraphobic feeling and just very unsettling to see something so busy just have no one there. Mm-hmm. And I think one of, the, one of the first films to really do this, like, with real effects, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have... Like, I Am Legend, I think, does this for Times Square, but I don't think it's, like, actually Times Square. I think it's some CGI, Mm -hmm. um, where this is, like, very clearly, like, on the street, like, on the bridge next to um, Parliament and Big Ben. They shut down Piccadilly Circus, which is kind of like our Times Square. Um, And so it it is amazing that they were able to accomplish that, and because it is, like, real practical, right, like, actually there, it does give you this very ominous feeling of these are places during the day that would never not have anybody there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, I, I really like the first act of this movie, like the, the first third, um, actually quite a bit. I think it, it works really well and it does build this world that you're put into right away. You know, this movie was made in 2002. So the walking dead is much later after this, but um, the very first, part of this movie is very much like the first episode of the walking dead where you they both have the main character waking up alone in a hospital which is like uh not a recurring nightmare but one of the worst nightmares I've yeah ever had that's, in my entire life. No, that's like, one of the worst <laughs> things that could ever happen to me yeah just waking up alone in a hospital be like fuck i know exactly how this goes everyone's dead like <laughs> <laughs> um there is no other so i think it does just uh, build a pretty good atmosphere um i also think that some of the performances um, are also, again, maybe first half of the movie, are, are pretty good. Um, we've got Brendan Gleeson, who's in this. Um, wait, yeah, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, Brendan yeah, okay. Gleeson. Sorry, he was, listed, he was listed really low on IMDb, which is weird. Um, but I think his turn as Frank, as the kind of the doting father who's protecting his daughter, um, is probably, in my opinion, is the strongest performance of the movie. Absolutely, um, yeah. Definitely. And when we talk Gleason Awards later, like I already know I'm picking. <laughs> I mean, you, um, you have to. The category <laughs> um, wouldn't exist without him. But I think I think what he brings to this movie is like, yes, it is a horror movie, but it's also a movie about like what um, what happens to people and their yes. relationships like when the world breaks down. Yes. 
and and Frank is probably the best example of that where like the other characters are pretty cold to each other because they're just trying to protect themselves and he's like no like this is my daughter we're a family like we have to have some kind of semblance of normalcy and we're like seeking a way out of this world where normalcy can exist again and where the other characters are like we've kind of we've kind of given up a little bit um so I thought he was the emotional anchor of the movie and later on you know obviously this is a spoiler alert if you've gotten this far (laughs) please stop but later on obviously with with his death is for me again the most emotional part of the movie and truly from there on out with everything else that's happening um i do actually lose interest a little bit because i don't feel like anybody is really bringing it home like he was yeah uh i'm i'm with you a hundred percent on that i think i i mentioned it briefly when we were texting about the movie and giving early thoughts uh as soon as he is introduced to the point that he dies, you have a period of the movie that for me is a nearly perfect because it's such a good character study on people retaining their humanity or how they either lose it or retain it once everything has gone to shit. I think a really good example of that is when they are leaving in the car through the tunnel and like Jim's freaking out. Selena's pissed. Like everyone is having a very bad time and then they're going and then Frank and it's Frank, right? Yeah. Frank and Hannah start to like kind of laugh and have a good time with it. Cause it's just, they're just cruising through in this cab and then all four of them start to laugh and they're kind of enjoying the experience. And I think that's a really kind of beautiful moment and what this movie probably does the best. And I, I see what they tried to do with the military installation and show the flip side of that of when you retain the wrong parts of your humanity to get by i think that's really interesting but it just doesn't grab me because we've seen that so often we 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 see that storyline time and time again of man is the real monster or etc etc but what's way better is when you see the people who manage to stay who they are throughout all of this and i that's right. what i like the most about this movie definitely uh, i think the grocery shopping scene is another really good example of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's what's um maybe ultimately and we'll get into this in the next section i think that's ultimately what maybe is frustrating about this movie is because it is these three acts like i feel like very much the last act is so different from the first two that it's it's almost like I don't know. It's not something we should have put in the sequel, but it's it's almost just it just doesn't fit. I with think what the it would have made sense is. to be in the sequel though, because it's like this has been no more than a month, and these guys have already gone so fucking insane, mm-hmm. and it just it like, doesn't seem it, to make sense. Wouldn't it be an interesting movie to basically be like they're trying to get out of London, they hear about this broadcast, and then like the the movie basically ends with. Frank's death mm-hmm. you know what I mean where he's like continue on you know what I mean like take care of my daughter but they like make the ultimate sacrifice to like ensure that he like his daughter's gonna be okay and then in the next movie they do the military thing but the, the military thing is like well sorry I'll wait I have some yeah. thoughts on it but we'll wait yeah. till we get to that section I mean that's well, pretty much what I what I've got for this movie for what I really enjoyed Riley what did you like about this movie a couple uh, like not as thematical as the uh, as your guys's points but i did like the reveal of that it turns out england is just quarantined yeah i like that too. i thought that's that was true. pretty cool um and then 
as far as zombie movies go, I do like the 28 Weeks Later zombies. Well, mm. infected. Yeah. Um, They're zombies. We'll call yeah, them. Yeah, zombies, infected, whatever you want to call them. But I like, I like personally, I like the fast-moving zombies are the ones filled with rage versus like the walking dead or uh Shaun of the dead mm-hmm. or yeah. where they're just kind of moaning and groaning rage zombies say, are they provide so much more tension for me definitely like well like the tunnel scene would be a perfect example like if those zombies were just walking towards them in the tunnel that wouldn't there'd be no suspense in that right mm-hmm. i will say i did i did look this up i think this is one of the first movies that does have fast zombies. Um, I think that um, other movies before this like were mostly the the slow walking ones. I think apparently there's a movie in the eighties um, that did have some fast zombies, but this is this is two thousand two. Uh, this is one I'm of the first to movies. See if I know what that movie is? I don't think I do. Shit, it's. I feel like I've seen it, but I can't place it. Um, let me let me find it. It's mentioned in the Wikipedia. Um, fast zombies. Yeah, um, Return of the Living Dead oh, in duh, 1985. Yeah. Oh my God! Is the first example of fast zombies. Um, concept was nar- largely neglected in media until after the re- release of 28 Days Later. Um, By the way, Return of the Living is, Dead also rules. Yeah. So I think there is. I do want to give some credit to this movie, the the zombie design, the fact of using the fast zombies, and the fact that there's a lot of stuff after this that uses that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we mm-hmm. talked about I Am Legend. That's a perfect example of a very similar thing here with the fast zombies. Um, uh, vampires, Jeff. <laughs> I Am Legend okay. is vampires. Sure. Mm-hmm. I will say <laughs> neither of those are the best to do it, I think, but something that I, I, I'll throw this in does right. Uh, something that I think this movie we is is responsible for with popularizing the fast zombies uh Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake is in my opinion probably one of the best zombie movies and they do they do implement those uh the fast rage zombies and it the movie is killer and i really really like that and it wouldn't i don't think it would have done it if it were not for this movie making it so popular and yeah. i think they really really nail it in that movie and that's, I want to say that's World 2004. War Z does it also. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they do. Yes, you're right. World War yeah. Z does do the fast zombies. Um, Dawn of the Dead was 2004, so I think it was. You could say this one affected that one for sure because it's right before it. And I feel like I I need to check this out and make sure this is right. But I do feel like there is in the 2000s a huge wave mm-hmm. of zombie films, right? So whether it's people infected, like basically just like hordes of dangerous creatures that are coming from the main character whether or not you classify those as zombies or not there is a a huge run of films and shows obviously again the walking dead becomes very popular you know in the last Mm -hmm. decade decade and a half so um i think this probably does deserve some credit for what it does for the genre as a whole even if we think that it may not be as effective as a film as it could be yeah i i think so i think this movie's influence is far greater than the movie itself. I would agree. Riley, you have anything else that you really like before we get into what we would change or what we didn't like? No, let's tear this bitch apart. All, All right. right. Uh, I have some thoughts. Um, so this movie... Oh, 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 oh I forgot I forgot one thing. Wait. 
We did not talk about. Right. We did not talk about Killian Murphy hanging dong. <laughs> yeah, something I did not know existed yep. in this movie because I'd only watched it on TV. <laughs> and just a monstrous bush. Well, you've been laid up in the hospital. <laughs> but that side of his head is freshly shaved. Well, it, it would have been taken down to a. It would have been shaved bald though. Mm, this is fair. So, you got to assume twenty-eight day. Well, I don't it, know. Well, who knows if if. He started, I mean, he obviously started in there before the outbreak, but, like, he he could have been shaved, I don't know, a week ago. Doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's been in the dead, dead in the hospital for 28 days. That's true. I feel like with nobody feeding him or checking his monitors or anything like that for 28 days, Killian Murphy's just dead. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I feel like... Let's transition back into what it does wrong. Killian Murphy, 100% dead by the time this movie starts. Absolutely. Or at least some point during the movie, because then he's... <laughs> And he runs around and has, like, a candy bar and a Pepsi, and he's good for another, like, three days. My boy has a few Pepsis. Yeah. (laughs) Really, the power of Pepsi is the the main (laughs) theme of this movie, apparently. I have to... You know what I think? I have to imagine that uh, Frank isn't dead if this is a Coke movie. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Brendan Gleeson doesn't die if he has Coke instead of Pepsi. Um, okay, let's let's get into what we what we really didn't like about this. Um, I hate the final act. Yeah, I really hate it. Um, yeah. I hate it for its execution, and I hate it for its ideas. Um, and also, I hate it for attempting to make me intimidated by Chris Eccleston. <laughs> yeah, lots of things. So let's let's do first just the the plot in general of the last act. So we're starting the last act basically when the military shows up. Right. Yeah. That's when you guys as soon it. as okay. Frank gets just shredded by the soldiers, that is when I call it the start of the next act. So that scene, and I want to talk about this a little bit later too, but that scene where he just gets lit up by the military, and then Hannah, the daughter, goes, "Dad," <laughs> <laughs> is the funniest part of the movie. You're like, he just got like riddled with thirty bullets, like two or three full clips into his body, and she's like, "Dad, are you okay?" Like. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely not okay, Hannah. Um, so that's the first part where I'm just like, I don't think so. But then as it as it goes, these guys have moved from a blockade to just a big country mansion, um, and l- immediately like it's pretty clear that these dudes are like not not okay, not all the not way respected there. military, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like they um, they were clearly on the edge before this all happened. These um, were the guys who were shipped off to this assignment before the world ended, just to get them out of the way. Like I don't know, have them do road duty in London. Fuck it, I don't know, <laughs> or Manchester, really. Yeah, um, oh, there. <laughs> yeah, gotta get it right for all of our UK listeners. Um, so I, I think it just there's so much suspension of disbelief that has to happen in the last act, like. Um, that these guys would go crazy so quickly that they would basically have the equipment with eight guys to fully rig up an entire house with trip mines and floodlights. And you know what I mean? Like, I just feel Mm -hmm. like if you have eight people to defend this giant, like pick a different place. Like it's not going to be defendable with eight people. And like, they all go to the front every single time to shoot the zombies. Like the zombies aren't coming up the back. Okay. I don't (laughs) think so. Um, Also, I think the, just from a pop perspective again, the very last part where Killian Murphy like gets away and then just takes down the entire group of eight people like by himself, like just shirtless, a like courier. emaciated <laughs> Killian yeah, just Murphy, like going, just Killian oh, yeah. Murphy goes Rambo for Wolverine! no fucking reason. Well, no, because it happens in the start. <laughs> they like 
take the girls and Killian Murphy tries to fight and they just like throw him down. I feel like yeah. that's way more accurate of how that would have gone. Also, it, so <laughs> it can be assumed that he had some sort of brain surgery, correct? Some kind of brain injury. Yeah, okay. Yeah, something. yeah. so that happens. My dude's got He's a TBI He has a TBI, and then he gets bashed in the face with the butt of a <laughs> rifle. Killian Murphy is done. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Killian Murphy had brain surgery and then only Pepsi for 30 days and then gets hit in the face and then somehow yeah, takes down an entire military-trained operation. I don't think so. It, w- it awoke in his primal instincts. Galaxy brain. <laughs> Galaxy was. brain. Yeah, Riley's on the right track. He gets hit also, and it knocks out whatever part of his brain processes pain and exhaustion, <laughs> like in Kick-Ass. And yeah. So now he's just superhuman. Oh, my gosh. Also, these military guys like are not following formation at all like they're all like what if we split up like <laughs> that's not how that works what if nobody watched anybody else's back <laughs> i don't know um so just plot and points. we have no and we have no communication system yeah. after we split up no walkie talkies or anything i have another thing i really don't like about this but it's not plot related so do you guys have anything like with the plot that you wanted to talk no, about those are my only plot issues Plot issues, I'd say. Uh, I, okay, I guess I have one. They don't. I don't think they spend long enough on people's deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like Frank, I feel like we should have stayed on more. Um, who's the other guy that died in the beginning? Oh, um, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Mark. That was just kind of a. I don't know. They just moved right past it. I guess they did that one on purpose to show that she, you have to kill your friends. Mm-hmm. That's a really good segue into. The, the last plot thing I have, Selena's turnaround to being a caring, like, family-oriented person happens way too fast. It also, it, this, so this is what I was going to bring up where I didn't know if it was plot or character-related, but they totally assassinate any good qualities that she has halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as she, like you're saying, Ty, like, becomes, like, the family-oriented person, she, like, loses all ability to take care of herself. You know what I mean? Like, at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, she's, like, this badass character, and they totally, like, take that away from her in order to give Killian Murphy, like, like the character of Jim, basically, like, something to fight and something to do at the end. Like, in reality, Selena has been fighting for herself, like, throughout the entire invasion. She's willing to kill people, like, at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the one that should be, like, saving the day. And it, it felt like they totally robbed that character of that to give it to Killian Murphy, where I kind of feel like they would have just... I wish they would have made the characters very different from the beginning because it doesn't make sense to change their personalities. Yeah, absolutely. So there's just, there's some consistency issues here. Yeah. Um, I also don't want to belabor the point on, on this one, so we don't have to talk about it a lot, but this is again, a movie that chooses to, in order to create its villains, chooses to portray like violence and sexual assault against women right Mm -hmm. and like that this this movie totally like predicates its its final act on that point and it is like while it it maybe doesn't get as as quote-unquote rough as it could have it's still like really upsetting to the point where you're like i don't i don't know that i trust that this movie is like going to be able to like do this in a good way and like i almost stopped watching because i was like i don't want to it is i don't want to sit with this it's It's a concerning ramp up to that scene and i think that's probably done on purpose because like it wants to address the ugliness of what these guys are willing to do and i think from a plot standpoint it makes sense that that is what these characters have decided to do i think it happens too quickly like a month in this 
is for them to suddenly be like, it's time to repopulate the earth. Like, no. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. But I, I think they set up these characters as guys who would do that. But the scene itself is not handled fantastically. Yeah. I, I think you could, I think you could keep the concept and do way more like allusion to it without like, I don't know. It just, it seemed like the film like really wanted to go there or was like really enjoying that part. And I don't know if that's me projecting onto it. I could be totally unfair with mm-hmm. this, but it just, those, those scenes made me, I think more uncomfortable. I don't know that I needed to be. I'm not sure if that's totally fair. I just felt like I didn't really like it. It didn't need to be there in order to make me hate those guys. Um, and it felt like that was the entire point was like, it just wants you to hate these soldiers so that Killian Murphy can kill them off. Yeah. It's, it's hard to like, it's hard to nail down if that scene was done the best way it could have been. Cause I, I, mean, I think it's, it, it's intentionous to upset and yeah. it did upset me. Yeah. And that's the, but, that's why it's so hard to like call it necessarily a bad scene because I'm, I'm with you. I don't like it, but also I think that is something Danny Boyle does. Danny Boyle likes to upset people with the ugly realities of what people will do. I think it's very present in slumdog millionaire too, just in different ways. So I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say if it's necessarily a fault, but it's something that I certainly did not enjoy within this movie. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, okay. we can move on. So non non plot. Yes. A lot of this too. Um you guys want to talk about how this film looks? Yep. Terrible. Like it was shot on a handheld you bought at Walmart. And I so I believe I've heard that's the point. And I think it was done on purpose, but it doesn't make it not look like ass. Well, yes. yeah, because I... Because in that yeah, final scene, where things look better. Once they have some hope again, like one, when they're... Uh, after they get oh, out of the compound... Post, post yeah, yeah. It, it is shot very well and like in high def. So it's... I feel like, like it was done for a reason and it was a choice, but it wasn't a good choice. Poor execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the action hits, this movie is visually incomprehensible. It's very hard to follow. I just... I don't, the, the thing is, too, it's it's made in 2002. So mm-hmm. it's not like... You know, like, when you watch a film from, like, the 70s, like, you can still do really good film in the 70s, but there, there is sometimes, like, like, graininess to this. This just felt like it was out of focus the whole time. Mm-hmm. And even if, it, even if it is intentional, I just think we all agree that it, it doesn't work. And it, it ultimately is very distracting, um, especially when they get to like any kind of action or jump cut, like you were talking, Ty. Mm-hmm. The very first part of this movie, when they're doing the the chimp attacks, oh, is is like, like I it, not because it was like upsetting, but like I could barely watch it because mm-hmm. like my eyes were like hurting with all the jump cuts. You know that like clip that was going around like when Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> won the Oscar. <laughs> like, that's how it felt. Where it's just jumping between all these scenes for, like a second between, and it's like, it's not it's not good. It doesn't even necessarily communicate to me like the disorder that's going on in the scene, right? Like it's just, I just think it's a bad choice mm-hmm. for what they were trying to do. At, for the most part, and I will probably get some heat for this comparison, but I think Event Horizon looks better than this movie. Ooh. Hard choice. It, um. I genuinely think... <laughs> For the most part, save some scenes such as Killian Murphy walking around London. For the most part, Event Horizon is a better looking movie 
that came out relatively around the same time, within five years, and it, this movie just does not look good. It's very difficult to watch because of it. I haven't seen 28 Weeks Later. Does 28 Weeks Later look different? I have not seen it either. Okay. Um, Do you know that one, Riley? No. Uh, Maybe if I started it, but I haven't seen enough to remember what happens. Um, But I was going to go back onto our distracting conversation, and that, for me, I don't know if this happened with you guys, but this happened on my stream, and I know it's the case when I've watched it on TV, and that's the sound mixing. Sound mixing is abysmal. It is god-awful. You have action that is at, like, 100 max volume. Music is, like halfway in the it's probably like in the middle and then you have dialogue all the way down like volume one so i i had put this on with uh after Catherine had fallen asleep she was asleep on the couch and i'm like all right time to put on uh 28 days later and so you got to be careful with the the movie with someone else in the room yeah right like Especially when they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, because when the first... There's movies that are terrible to wake up to, and this is probably one of them. Yeah, when the first, like, spike in noise hits, like, and the dog had finally gone to sleep, both cats were asleep, oh. four sleeping beings in my living room. And, and then you get to the church. Yeah, and then everyone woke up, and I was like, oh my god, I am I am sorry. Yeah, yeah that it, talk about taking you out of the movie, because you're yeah. just sitting there trying like constantly trying to mess with the volume they talk about like the tagline is the scariest or the most frightening film since the exorcist it's because people were just shaken by the constant noise and assault on their senses maybe they did that on purpose so you're like really focusing on the movie to figure out what the hell they're saying and then they just blast you with sound and action this is like the dance yourself clean version of the movie (laughs) like where it's really, really quiet on purpose and then blows you away. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, It's just... I think I'd be really interested in seeing this movie with, with a couple of things. One, if this movie was just the journey from London to Manchester with Frank's death, I'd want to see that movie, and I'd want to see it like on better film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether, it's, whether yeah. it's actually film or whether it's on um, digital or not. But it just... I would love to see... Because I don't think the story itself is actually that bad. I just think that how they executed it, and then the final act just makes it so you're like, I just wish I didn't have to finish this movie. So, mm. I don't know. Definitely very interesting. We were talking before, I want to do one quick thing before we get into other thing else. Uh, we were talking before about how this film looks and how it was filmed and things like that, and we had asked if this was an independent film, um, and I don't think it is. It's by DNA Films and then distributed by Fox Searchlight, um, and it's so, like, this is the same like studio that a year later did Love Actually, Mm-hmm. So like, and then later on, I think was also oh, part so, of like. So London did recover. Yeah, London <laughs> did recover. Actually, not a lot of people know this, but Love actually is a direct sequel to. <laughs> hey guys, remember that crazy time we had last year? Twenty-eight <laughs> holidays later. Weird. So yeah, but but that it's definitely not independent. So it's not even like they're trying to do this with a shoestring budget type of thing. Um, there was a major studio behind it still. Um, so I don't know. I I, th- I think all of the stuff is intentional. It's not because they had any kind of specific limitation that they had to overcome. Um, and so because of that, I think I'm probably more harsh on it than maybe another movie with a lot less. Mm-hmm. Anything else we didn't like about this movie that we want to talk about? Did you guys watch all the way through the credits? Oh, no. I don't I think was so. glad to turn it off. There, oh, no. 
Is there another scene? There is another scene. Oh, no. So, you know, when he is waking up, uh, like, and it has the flash of Selena, like, filling the syringe and, like, all that shit. The couple flashes. And then he wakes up in the countryside. About the credits finish and then where it said 28 days later, like, at the beginning and then uh, at -hmm. the end there, it says, what if... And it what? it is them getting him out of the compound, like that same scene of them leaving in the car, and he's like really struggling, and it's just an alternate scene of them trying to keep him alive in the hospital, and he dies. Well, that's it. Like an alternate <laughs> ending at the very yeah. end of the credits. Oh, oh my god! And putting what if there, like, it's so bizarre. It's so so bizarre, and like, I. <laughs> Somebody on I the was production so glad team the credits really hit, yeah. threw a fit that their ending wasn't used. Yeah. Oh my god. I was glad the credits hit, and then I like, I was like, wait, there are still nine minutes left. As soon as the credits hit, and so I scrolled forward a little bit and saw that another scene started, and so I skipped to that, and just it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, this movie is straight up not good. I'm not having a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have. No, I have one more th- one more thing on what I didn't like. Um, and Ty, I think you alluded to it a little bit. The score in this is is not very good. No, bad um, score. Bad, no. bad score. Well, just very 2002 It's very music. generic. Yeah. It was nothing special. Um, I don't know if that's actively bad. It just wasn't anything special. But For me, I, think I this- noticed points where I thought this is a very bad score. It felt like very... Um, I mean, like, I know a lot of score, like, repeats stuff, but, like, I felt like it was the same, you know what I mean? Just, Mm -hmm. like, two-tone, like, changing thing. It's just, like, it's just... It it really felt like an Evanescence music video. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wake me up. (laughs) Wake me up. Can't wake up. Especially when they're in, like, the compound. That's exactly what the music reminded me of. (laughs) And there's a lot of, like, very, again, a lot of very 2002... You could almost say a lot of the filming actually did look like a music video. Yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. it does actually feel like a music video. Because there's a lot of like weird angled shots. And you're like... Uh-huh. A lot of those Kenneth just, Branagh, Thor, Dutch angles. Yeah, it's just... It doesn't It doesn't fit. It doesn't help. It doesn't... It's distracting. Like, when you, when you do camera work, and like, with very few exceptions, if you notice the camera work, it's probably not good camera work. You know what I mean? Like except in like some of the, like the Deacon's wide shots or like stuff like that. Or like, if you like the tracking shot that like 1917 does, like those are things you're going to notice. And then I still respond to, even though they're like, like flashy or may take you out of the story a little bit, but stuff like that, where it's like it, it actively does not add anything to the story and does take away from it. I just felt like there were a lot of miscues in this, in this film. Yeah. All right. Anything else to add or should we move on to best scene? I think we should go ahead and move on. Um, Riley, what did you think was the best scene in this? Best scene. Um, boy, that's tough. Um, can I just say, I'll just say anytime that the, our four main characters are in the taxi, there's yeah. kind of that stretch of leaving the apartment building to Frank's death. I'll just say that's mine. Yeah, I think I like, I'm choosing between the supermarket and the tunnel. I think the tunnel, because the tunnel actually yeah. does have, like, pretty good tension. Um, yeah. I don't totally know that I understand, like, why they decided to drive over all the cars versus just going a different or route. Or how that even worked. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. there, are some, there are some issues. 
it's just off-roading in this very low tech like heavy taxi car with tons of people and stuff in it and that looked like a fairly straight up wall of debris (laughs) if you go slow enough and on low enough gear you can climb anything in a car is basically what this movie has taught me yeah i aside from that i mean i do think that's a a scene with pretty good tension um i kind of like when they're going up the stairs to like to get into frank's apartment but um i think the tunnel is the best one Mm -hmm. How about you, Ty? What did you think was the best? Uh, Mine is the grocery store when they're all shopping because I think that really, that best encapsulates what I liked about this movie. Yep. Yep. Just the family part of it. There's actually some fun to it. It, It's a really, um, this movie is really heavy just all the time. Like there's just no real joy to it. And maybe that's why I like the Frank stuff so much more is that it does, there is some relationship. Otherwise this movie is just like, it's just dark and heavy and nothing lifts it and there's no humor and I don't know. It's just depressing. Yeah. Um, which movies can be depressing. and be good. I just, I don't know. Too heavy. I think. All right. Ready to get into our worst scenes. Let's do it. Uh, I think Frank's death where Hannah says dad is definitely <laughs> the worst scene. Um, uh, trying to think. So many to choose from. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Ty, what about you? Uh, so, is it cheating if I do the what if scene? <laughs> because that alone is the worst, worst part of no, this I, movie. No, yeah, I but just, even based on description, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, the the what if scene takes it for me. Pretty, pretty bad. Oh, I I would recommend going and watching that at some point just to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I think it's pretty obvious who we have to give the Gleason Award uh, yeah. to. The, not anytime. only does he actually get it, but it's it's his award. Yeah, it is deserved, yeah. Yeah, today today it moves on from me being the Domhnall Gleason Award, and it is now the Gleason Family Award for best ro- best supporting role that needed more <laughs> screen time. Make the movie about Frank. Like, I don't even yeah. fucking care about anybody else in this movie. Killian Murphy is, he's a great lead, but he, they give him very little to work with from an engaging or emotional standpoint. Like, they give you the stuff with his family, which, by the way, was depressing as hell, and we didn't really talk about that. But, um, I don't know, Frank is just a far more engaging person, or character, I should say. It is interesting, because you, you really don't need Killian Murphy in this. You know what I mean? Like, no. like I, I know he's like, I think he's early in his career. This is one of his first like really big movies. But like, I don't know. If you take Killian out and you put any like replacement level player, and we're just going to use some, you know what I mean? It's basketball terms. Um, just an average actor. I don't think the movie is any better or worse. It's just you don't need Killian's range, and he doesn't get to do any actual good Killian acting. He's just pretty bland. Yeah. All right. We're also over this movie. We're all like <laughs> yeah. struggling through these. Categories. We like tore it apart. I'm like, all right, I'm pretty exhausted now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've vented. Good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to do a quiz this week. You just want me to. <laughs> no. do, uh... I think. Well, I think we've done a survival type one. Like, how long would you right. last? Ooh, blah, blah, blah. You know what? We do need to. Uh, we do need to talk about the whole point of doing this movie. Is what did we learn from this movie about protecting ourselves? <laughs> I learned to stay away from the fucking military. Holy shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. 
I'm glad that I live in Wichita, Kansas. No longer looking at any crows. <laughs> Stay away from crows. <laughs> getting like, myself up. Yeah, getting a set of riot gear. The funniest yeah. thing about all of these movies that, that tell you how to prepare is... Loading up on scotch. Oh, and uh, some Pepsi. Definitely have scotch and Pepsi. Pepsi. Actually, I might even cut out the middleman. I might just buy bags of sugar. <laughs> just to eat by the spoonful. Um, what's funny about all this is like the the stuff where the characters actually live the longest is where they just like move to a farm. Yeah, and the, you know what I mean. Like they move to a farm and they put up like cans on a string for whenever a zombie comes through. This is when you and dig a moat, right? That's basically how they survive. Um, we were also talking before this, like Sarah and I were like, if you were living in the city, where would be the best place to go? And it's funny that they like. They stop at a grocery store. I thought they were stopping at a bank first. And I was like, actually, that makes sense. Like, why don't you sleep in a vault every night? You know what I mean? Like, right. lock it up. You're totally safe. Can you unlock yeah, it? As long as you can breathe inside? in a vault. Yeah, that's... Yes, you can. Okay. Yes. You want to elaborate have... on that? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I used to work at a bank. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> thought you were so just like... what you're saying is, you know how to open vaults. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you master, son of a bitch, I'm in. Breaker. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing is don't follow weird radio signals. I was worried that the military guys were going to eat them. I actually think that would have been a more compelling plot if they were actually cannibals instead of rapists. I would have liked uh, that. I feel like it's yeah. dangerous to be a cannibal in this setting, though. What do you, it's can the you best time to be a cannibal. Can you cook the rage virus out of people? Like, how do you know they're not just a carrier? No, no, no. Maybe everyone is oh, infected. Oh, I see what you're Oh, all of your food. Some is immune. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Like, well, I was starting immune, to think Killian you, Murphy. If you're immune, if you're immune, can't you eat the diseased meat anyway? You could, but I'm saying, what if <laughs> you could? Yeah, like the if I could, what not, if, if you, you were immune, if you were immune, you could eat the diseased meat. But I think, what if Killian Murphy is just a carrier for the virus? Like he doesn't oh, show like any. Mono? Yeah, it's like a mono situation. If you or ate if you ate a carrier for mono, you'd probably get mono even if they weren't showing any symptoms. This is kind of where my knowledge with, stops. also I did also not with a bunch of other side effects of eating classes. human meat. <laughs> yeah, that this is true. Yeah. Um, Show me your hands. I I kind of choose to think that they are if you're a cannibal in cuz it's like walking dead cannibals. So if you're a cannibal in that time period oh, Those are called zombies, Jeff. Like, I know there are some, you, yeah these you know like really like gross looking cannibals. <laughs> There's a whole they suddenly go crazy and start eating. Where they're people. fighting cannibals. I know. I okay. actually do know what you're talking about. It's so uh, I assume cannibals are omnivores and they'll eat anything. So they can eat packaged fruit and candy if they want can to. They? But but they'd rather yeah yeah. It's just like their meat. Their meat, meat source uh, is human. Yeah yeah. Well, it's I imagine like, once you, know, you get the hunger, you're not going to just like rip open a pack of M and M's for a snack. Yeah, well, it's like, like raccoon I mean, meat. Even right now, I'd rather have a steak, but if all I have is M&M's, I'm going to eat M&M's. You know, you know what I'd do if I had a steak? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Got it. Uh, Got it. I was lost need. there for a little bit. All right. Should, all right. Should we keep moving? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and score this. All right. I I came into this at a seven, seven and a half. I think after talking about some of the things we talked about, I'm leaving it at a six and a half. Just because I do truly like the second act with Brendan Gleeson so much. Okay. Uh, I'm teetering between a five and a half and a six. Um, 
I'll say six. All right, I'm coming in real low here, boys. Four and a half. I think this this movie is mostly bad. Um, I think if it didn't have the the Frank Gleason part, or doesn't I know his name's not Frank Gleason, <laughs> but if it didn't have the Frank part in the middle, um, I think this is a pretty bad movie. Um, like if it just goes straight from Killian Murphy, Selena to the military, I don't think it's a very good movie at all. So it would normally be if with just those pieces, it's a three. With just the Frank piece, I think it's a six. So mm-hmm. I'm splitting the difference. We're doing four and a half. All right. Okay. And who and the we... hell is this for? I think we could do three each for this one. Yeah, I think there okay, are better movies we can replace this with, for sure. All right, somebody else start. Uh, I'm going to go out the gate right now and take Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Because as I said earlier, I think they really nailed the fast zombies in that movie. And if you like what you saw here with that, you're going to like what you have in uh, Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Uh, feels a little like cheating, but I'm going to go with The Crazies. Um, uh, probably one of my favorite disease-stricken small town turns everybody into killers movies. I think it's awesome. It's obviously a remake of the Romero, but I think the the most recent one is pretty fantastic. 2010, I think. Uh, yes. Yes, 2010. Um, I'm going to go with a movie that excels in the part that we all enjoyed of this movie and i'm gonna say zombie I, oh i was thinking oh. about it so right. i have one that i have not seen but i've heard enough about and have seen a couple scenes here and there in youtube and know the uh know the general vibe and i'm going to go with doomsday where part of oh. i believe scotland or wales Part of it has been quarantined off due to a similar rage-type virus. And somebody has to go inside. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a movie that I hope we do on the pod at some point in the future and say Train to Busan. Yeah. A South Korean film about an infection that strains or uh, spreads to a train passenger just before they come on and then basically how everybody's trying to survive. Okay. Um, I definitely have to do this one because it is also a London-themed zombie movie, and I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. A, a much better zombie film. <laughs> Pretty good pick. All right. And so there's a movie I really do not like, and I, I don't want to recommend it for this just because I don't know if you like this, you'll like the other movie, but I do want to mention It Comes at Night, uh, another just disappointing sickness-based movie. Uh, but I am going to give my last, uh, who the hell is this for, to Wreck, the Spanish zombie movie uh, that involves a building being put under quarantine due to a rage virus zombie sickness. Good picks. Riley, is it my turn or your turn, Riley? Jeff, it's you. My turn. Okay, I have a pick, um, but then I have like a bunch of honorable mentions, but I think if I can only pick one. Um, I really love 12 Monkeys mm. um, with Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Have you guys seen that one? You know what I'm talking about? I have about? not. Have you seen that, Riley? No. Um, it's really good. Basically, Bruce Willis gets sent back in time to gather information about a virus that's going to wipe out the human population, and it's, it's Brad Pitt at peak weird brad pitt mm-hmm. like peak weird brad pitt um 
And so it's it's not really much of a horror. It's not exactly in this zombie genre, but it is like a a disease based thriller mm-hmm. for sure. Um, my last one is actually very similar to Tyler's. It's just the non Spanish version, and I'll say <laughs> quarantine. Oh, the shot for shot like, English remake. Yeah, if you like shitty quarantine type movies like Twenty Eight Days Later, you'll also like this. That movie has. I was I always get that and Contagion mixed up just because it's a single disease based mm-hmm. name. But Contagion's obviously like very good, and Quarantine's like really shitty. But Quarantine has my favorite, one of my favorite unintentional comedy scenes where the, there's like somebody who like falls from the stairs mm-hmm. like into a group of people and they go ah, and they splat <laughs> and it's like it's so fucking funny. Uh, it's not it's not, not supposed to be funny, but it's really. I do love Wreck though. Funny. I think Wreck is a genuinely fantastic movie. So is right is quarantine actually like a, a remake of Rex? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's just okay. the English remake. It's the grudge to Rex Juwan. Okay, interesting. Some uh, honorable mentions we obviously didn't include, but stuff that's staple to the genre. We didn't talk about Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We you did Dawn of the Dead earlier, but we didn't really do any of the old like Romero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We didn't talk about Evil Dead, but I think all of these are a little bit implied. So we're trying to give you new stuff. Yeah. But if you haven't seen any of those, obviously worth your time. Or anything that's on the poll. Or that was on the poll. Cabin Fever, right. baby. Cabin Fever. Probably would have been more fun to talk about Cabin I think Fever. It would have been, I think it would have been more fun to talk about the bizarre remake of Cabin Fever that uses the exact same script. The funniest thing about this is this 28 Days Later was a movie that we all were like, yeah, that'll be fun. Like, that'll win the poll probably. And, like, that'll be fun to do. Oh, no, I did, not, I did not want that one to win. You didn't want this one? No. Oh, Man, shit. I was so pumped to watch this movie again. Or watch it front it was- to back. Yeah, I thought this movie was good, and boy, was I wrong. I think some people are going to be a little upset with our takes on this one. <laughs> Bring Thanks. it on. When it releases 28 days later. <laughs> Boom, end pod. <laughs> yeah, we could probably just start calling our podcast 28 days later. <laughs> 28 pods later. What can you do? Well, with that, this has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening. 